Hey True North, welcome to the first episode of our study through the letters of John on our podcast. My name is Eugene. So we're going to try and do a whole Bible study on the podcast. Why you might ask and a couple reasons for that. One, we've been historically doing these Bible studies in person and we hope to do a couple of those in the future as well. But if you're a parent, I know it's impossible to come out. So we wanted to just make something that's that's accessible for you. My kids are asleep and you can play this whenever your kids are asleep or resting, whatever they may be. And two, we just wanna experiment and really allow our church to grow in their literacy and our literacy in the Bible to really make this as accessible as possible. So we're just gonna try this out, do the whole study What I'm going to do is today's will be more of a background episode, but in the episodes that we go through scripture, I'll say pause, take some time to read, and then I'll say some comments and have some questions for you to reflect on. And moving forward, these episodes will be released every Tuesday. I don't expect to do this solo the whole time. I'm hoping if Jay is able to have him on, also have some other members on to dialogue together. But excited to do this. And before we get into why we picked uh, first and second and third John and kind of obvious with our sermon series but before we do that uh, any Bible study that I do in person what I like to do is before we look at the text itself to take a bigger step back and to just take a look at the Bible as a whole I think so often if you grew up in the church or even if you're you know new to the church there's already a preconceived notion of what the Bible is and often it's very similar no matter where you're at it's oh tells you what to do. It tells you how to live your life. And I've made this point a lot at church on the pulpit or through teachings, but that's not how to read a scripture. Psalm 119.105, one thing that it says that has always helped me to read the Bible correctly. Uh, the psalmist writes, your word or your scripture or the Bible, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I always make this case with this verse that The psalmist could have said, the Bible is a map. The Bible is a direction book, but he doesn't. The psalmist says is the word that we're reading, we have to use it. If you think about a lamp or a light, it's something that you actively put out in front of you to light the path you're trying to find. It's an active participation. To better put it, and oftentimes you'll hear me say this a lot, the Bible is a story for your own story. We're called to not be immersed in decisions or our own, you know, if, if a test is coming up or, or a hard decision, and those are things that God still cares about, but we shouldn't be searching the Bible for answers, but rather we should be immersing ourselves in the story, in the narrative, in the redemptive narrative that God gives us from the Old to the New Testament. Like we have to understand the Bible is a library. It's a, it's 66 books with different stories, different themes, different styles, trying to tell us one story of how God is trying to redeem his people and bring his kingdom back onto this earth. And what we hold to at True North and most Orthodox churches is that these scriptures that we have, the, 60, the 66 books of the Bible, including 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, They're inspired by God. They're directly from him. And although they're written by human authors, it's God trying to speak to us through this book. Not to give us directions, not to give us easy answers, 
but a story to converse with. I, I hope that makes sense. I hope that's not too airy, but especially as we read uh, the Bible or as we're about to read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, one thing that we also have to remember with all of that is that this Bible is not written for our time period. And when you even think about it, it's not even written for one singular time period. The Old and New Testament are also very different genres. But even within the Testaments, we have to understand that Scripture is written for a certain place and people. And for modern Westerners, we're often a little pretentious and read things as it's written just for us. But that's not true. We have to learn to take off our Western individualist lens and to read the scriptures with more of an ancient Near Eastern lens. And, and I'm going to try and help us do that as we kind of trek through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And even before you read, the last thing I'll say on, on approaching scripture as a whole is to have a process to do it. You, you can't, you know, I, I wouldn't advise just say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read the book, you know, the Bible cover to cover. Because if you do that, by the time you hit like Leviticus, you're done. Like you, you're not going to read anymore. Um, the four things I always tell people to kind of build a rhythm into is is this: number one, understand the book that you're reading. Uh, I'm going to try and do that as much as possible. But and and this episode, the bulk of it is to give you the background of the epistles of John. But to understand the context of why this book was written, even before reading it, is extremely helpful. Because oftentimes, you know, the, even the way you read Exodus versus the Psalms, versus Proverbs, versus the Gospel of John, there are very, very different ways to read it, right? I always make this example, but the way I read a Harry Potter book is going to be very different to how I read a nonfiction book to how I read a cookbook, right? You have to know what you're reading. And, and in the Bible, all these books are very different. So understand what you're reading first. Second, as you understand the context, read slowly. Like, like I can't stress this enough, and it's more of a reminder for myself, but we have this tendency as, as American readers, as Western readers, to read extremely fast. And to often say, if I'm not reading quickly and if something doesn't come up quickly, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, that's not how scripture will work. You have to read slowly because it's meant to be read slowly. Um, scripture, and this is a whole different conversation. And if you're interested in this, you know, pull me aside one day at church and, and I would love to talk to you about this too. But scripture was not meant to be read actually. Uh, it was meant to be an audible communal experience. Like in the Old Testament, the Jews or the Israelites, they would gather together and hear the story of Exodus. They would hear the story of Moses coming out. And when you hear something, you have to slow down because you're not in control reading it, right? And usually when a speaker is speaking, they're speaking a little bit slower. So they would gather, like let's say the story of Exodus, they would hear you know, Moses parting the Red Sea. They would hear that from a speaker and then they would also communicate and, and talk out with other people around them after the story is being told. The same thing with the New Testament. The same thing with even these letters that we're about to read. The first and second and third John, they're letters. Uh, and, and most scholars think it's John, the disciple who wrote the Gospel of John, writing them. And most people in these churches probably didn't have the original scroll. And what they would do is they would gather as a church or churches and hear it together. 
So all that being said is understand that scripture was meant to be read out loud. And what we can do in response is, yeah, we can do that too. Maybe put on, I don't know, Morgan Freeman reads the Bible in one of these versions. He's a great voice to listen to. But even if you're not listening, just read slowly because it's meant to be read and processed slowly. So understand what you're reading. Read slowly. And third, articulate what you're processing. So what I mean by that is oftentimes you read something and you're like, I get it. You know, I, oh, Jesus forgives me. I'm good. And you move on. Uh, but what happens is when you're quick like that and when you just think a thought and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't remember, um, it doesn't kind of sink into your psyche. It doesn't sink into your soul. Uh, one thing I always advise people when they read scripture is to have a pen and paper or maybe even, you know, notes open on your iPhone and as elementary as as maybe, you know, oh, even this doesn't make sense, just write down your thoughts, like literally articulate them. Because often when you just keep your thoughts in your mind, they get all jumbled up and, and you need to actually articulate them. So as we read first, second, and third John, as we'll do, and I, you know, say a bunch of stuff, don't just hear it, but if you have the time and you're not in your car, uh, sit down and articulate, okay, I heard this, you know, the podcast is saying this, what are some thoughts that I have? Articulate what you're hearing. And lastly, um, pray. Uh, this might be, you know, cliche or, hey, we know to do that. But um, when I mean pray, it's it's after you read and do all this, don't just, okay, I got it. Thank you, God. Uh, but first, you know, prayer is not just words, but it can also be silence. And I often think when we read, we should leave room for God to talk. I'm not charismatic, uh, if you know me, and, and True North is not charismatic by theology, but oftentimes churches that aren't charismatic, what we do is we downplay the voice of God in our lives. That can come various ways, right? And and look, even as a non-charismatic pastor, I, I you know, I've never had an experience with the clouds opening up and, and me audibly hearing God's voice, and I don't discount others that have that experience, but if we don't leave moments of silence after we read God's word, how do we expect it to be a conversation? So just kind of when I say pray, I don't mean just words, but to, to leave room for God to speak to you. And then pray, like just pray whatever's on your mind. And I know for a lot of us, it's difficult to do, including myself. But prayer often kind of correlates to my last step. It helps you articulate what you're reading. You can even pray, God, I have no idea. This was really boring and I got nothing. But that in itself was a step to building this into a rhythm. So just to recap, before you read any book in the Bible, as we're about to read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, understand what you're reading, read slowly and repetitively, articulate your thoughts, and pray. So with that, we're going to get into the first step of what I wanted all of us to do and understand what you're reading, right? And what I want to do is just to give you a very general background of the letters of John. So the reason we wanted to do this study through the letters of John, and, and even if you don't know what that is, that's first, second, and third John in the New Testament is to kind of correspond with the sermon series that we're going through. So I don't know if you'll remember, and if you don't, don't worry, uh, because I had to look this up too. But in the first sermon that Jay gave in the beginning of our sermon series that we're currently kind of in the middle of, uh, of trekking through the Gospel of John, of seeing what purpose we have in reading it, 
Jay kind of summarized at the end of the Gospel of John, in John chapter 20, verses 30 to 31, John gives you the reason of him writing this book, right? The main theme he wants you, the main message he wants you to walk away with. And I'm going to read this out of the ESV. This is John 20, verse 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. John's purpose of writing the Gospel of John was for us to believe that Jesus is Christ, that he is our Savior, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing in him, we will have eternal life. That's the whole purpose of our sermon series. Now, we wanted to study first and second and third John to kind of help us get deeper into that message because I'm going to make the case that these letters, first, second, and third John, are actually written so that John's thesis stays true with the intended audience of these letters. Now, what do I mean by all that? So, you know, just to give you context, what are we reading in the letters of John? Well, they're what we call epistles. And what that means, basically, that's just a theological way or, or a churchy way to say these are letters. So in the New Testament, you have the four Gospels, which are the stories of Jesus' life. And the bulk of what finishes the New Testament are epistles, uh, mostly written by Paul. But here in this case, we have John. And these epistles are just letters written to specific churches for a specific reason. Now, why would John write three letters to churches all across, you know, the, the early church area after Jesus was resurrected uh, and, and he wrote the Gospel of John? Why is it, and just to make it clear, he wrote these letters after the Gospel of John. Why would he write these letters? Well, the background of this, and most scholars will believe this to be true, is that once God, uh, sorry, not God, or I guess God, through John, wrote the Gospel of John, and he said, hey, Jesus is Christ, he's the son of God, and if you believe in him, you have eternal life. What happened is, and nothing has changed, even in 2022, a lot of people within the church said, ah, that's, that's kind of true, but let me tell you the actual truth. So what was happening was there were what scholars often call, there were these secessionists. Um, and what that means is just people that were in the Christian church that said, hey, the gospel of John's cool, but actually there are some things that aren't true. And what John was, was that he was getting really alarmed that a lot of people in the church were taking these claims and saying, oh, you know what? Jesus might not be all that John said he was. So John's specific purpose in writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John is to combat these claims. Now, why does that matter for us? That's a lot of historical background. Um, I think a couple of reasons. One, things haven't changed. So what I mean by that is, and I, Jay kind of touched upon this in a sermon, but we hear all the time at True North, Jesus is Christ, and that if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. If you believe in his death and resurrection, that in that saving work he has done, we will achieve eternity through his own righteousness. And right, we've heard that a lot. That's the gospel. But the problem is, uh, even today, there are things that take away from that narrative. Right, the whole point of us being called True North as a church is to realize that our heart is always being pulled in multiple directions saying, no, 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 this will give you eternal life. Right? Like, you can have Jesus, 
but you make sure you have real estate, make sure you have a career, make sure you have a family, make sure you have children, make sure you have a spouse, and that's what's going to give you eternity. That's what's going to give you satisfaction. Right? So not much has changed. And and what I what I'm excited about is I I believe the study will help kind of amplify the sermons because what John is trying to do in these letters is to assure these churches that you can still have full confidence in what he made his claim in John 20, 30, 31, that Jesus is Christ. He's the son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have eternal life. Uh, to quote kind of a commentator on the background, the first, second, and third John, he writes this, the main purpose in this letter is in 1 John five thirteen. I write these things to you, and this is John, who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Right? Sounds very familiar. Uh, finishing this quote, the readers needed this reassurance because their confidence had been shaken by the propaganda of the secessionists, or just basically people trying to pull them away from the full claim of Jesus, and their claims to spirit-inspired teaching that went beyond what had been received from the beginning. Basically, what 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are trying to do, and you know this is true to the readers back then, and I still believe, still now, as inspired word of God, it's trying to reassure us that Jesus is Christ, and that believe, believing in him, no matter what people are telling you, you'll have eternal life. So I'm really excited to do this. I hope that was a helpful background just to kind of get into it. And as I mentioned before, our, our kind of first episode will dive into 1 John chapter 1. And that will release this upcoming Tuesday, right? November, sorry, I should have gone the date. November 8th, election day, right? A peaceful day in America. <laughs> uh, but, you know, even during that day, uh, it's a great example of, of ways and, and different theologies pulling us away from what John is telling us. So what I hope to do, if you are interested in joining us on this journey through the letters of John, uh, is a couple of days until Tuesday. Uh, read 1 John 1. 1 John chapter 1 on your own and just kind of mark questions that you have. Mark things that come up. Uh, write down just kind of thoughts that come to your mind, even if they don't make sense. And one thing I would advise you to is read 1 John 1 and then read John 1 at the same time. Or, sorry, that's impossible. Uh, just read 1 John 1 and then read John 1 right after. Uh, you'll realize there's so many similarities and it'll kind of get into hopefully what John's trying to do with this letter. So if you have the time, do that. Uh, take some time and then what I'll do on Tuesday, November 8th is release an episode trekking through 1 John chapter 1. Uh, so excited to do this together. Uh, if you are interested, I hope you can find time to do that within the couple days that we have. Uh, but with that, thanks for listening. And again, if you have any feedback, uh, if this is helpful, uh, please let me know. DM me, email me, or just pull me aside uh, during church. And excited to do this. And yeah, hope to see you in our next episode.